this morning, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and then also uh, chapter 14. Uh, I'm not going to read all the chapters here, uh, just kind of sections. Uh, chapter 12 and chapter 14 are about the spiritual gifts, and Paul spends a lot of time talking about the gift of tongues. And so this morning, I wanted to uh, give some overview of uh, these chapters. I'm going to skip chapter 13. Um, that's kind of the famous chapter on love. And I'm going to uh, hold that off until February 14th. No, kidding. I'm going to hold off on that until next week. Uh, but today I'll be going over 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and then also uh, chapter 14. And I will also share about tongues and my own experience with that. I'm going to tell you my story kind of towards the end there. And uh, as we kind of consider this, my hope for you always is for you to interact with Scripture on your own. Uh, just don't don't listen to what I have to say. Uh, take that in a part of your study and bring this on to Jesus. So uh, read with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to skip around here, so just kind of stay with me, and then we'll kind of go over uh, uh, what Paul is saying here. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, we can start reading in uh, verse 1 there, okay? Paul says this, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Verse 3, Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts. And the word there, gifts, is actually not gifts. It's the word grace. It's really interesting. Uh, the Greek word for grace is there. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation, the word there, manifestation, is come to light. Uh, now to each one, you know, the come to light of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, whether they're glossolalia, uh, languages or tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, all these are the work of the one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Now, verse 12 will be the last kind of verse we read here until I skip on. Verse 12, the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. Now skip uh, forward to chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. We'll read that. So skip forward to chapter 14, verse 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him, but he, utter but he utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets, so that the church may be edified. Stay with me. Verse 26. So we're going to skip down chapter 14, verse 26. What then shall we say, brothers, when you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. 
All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak at one time, one at a time, and someone must interpret. Verse 28, if there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and God. Two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. Verse 30, and if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. But the spirit of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Okay, so uh, going through 1 Corinthians, uh, hopefully you read that already, but uh, all of 1 Corinthians 12 uh, and also 14, you know, Paul um, says a lot of different things, okay? So I'm going to something a little different. So the way I'm going to organize uh, what I'll share with you today uh, into kind of four big parts. One is what Paul is informing them of because there's a teaching piece here, right? Like he's trying to inform them maybe of something they don't know, okay? Uh, the second thing I'm going to talk about is his guidance, really, his instruction to them on what to do in their current situation, like how to respond to this information. And then I think there's a piece of inspiration here that Paul's inspiring them to do something. And um, as you read scripture, I think inspiration should always be there as far as you being inspired to do something. Uh, and then at the end, uh, I'll share my own kind of uh, experience with this and, and my, uh, my views on this. So first of all, let's start with what's Paul just informing here? I'm going to try to go quickly here. Um, the first part, uh, and this is, again, important, uh, that there are different gifts from the Spirit. Let me just say that again. There are different gifts from the Spirit. So you have to recognize that when this is written, they don't have the Bible like you and I have it. Uh, they don't have thousands of years of church history and tradition uh, and writing from other scholars and church leaders to kind of go off of. Um, and so Paul is instructing them that this is a thing, okay, that there are different gifts from the Spirit. And then he lists them in uh, chapter 12. Um, in verses 7 to 10, somewhere in there, these different gifts that are evident within the body. Now, Paul is speaking to the church. He's speaking to the body of Christ in Corinth. I think it's also pretty powerful that he's speaking to, again, we've learned this in the context of Corinthian, a not nice city. Uh, this is not a theocracy here, okay? Uh, this is uh, a corrupt city. This is uh, a church right in the middle of sin, in the middle of things that are not God's desire. And so the first thing is that there are different gifts from the Spirit. Now, as you read that, I encourage you to ponder, reflect uh, your own experience with that, maybe, um, what you've seen, what you've experienced, okay? Uh, the second part here is it's interesting that when he goes from all these different gifts and he's speaking to a divided church, as we've also learned kind of through this study, uh, he emphasizes um, in verses 12, kind of going on through the chapter, uh, that we're all connected to one body. So he's reminding them, listen, we're all different and have different parts and different gifts, but he's like kind of calling them to never forget this important perspective. That guys, we are connected in one body. And earlier on when he speaks of divisions, when they're following Apollos or following other people or following him, you know, he reminds them to go back to Jesus and to kind of keep the gospel central. And the gospel, the giving of Jesus' life, his surrender was for the whole body. It wasn't just for one person, uh, not elevating one over another. We are connected to one body. And yet Paul can also acknowledge the 
different parts of the body. So the illustration of a human body, there's different parts, a hand, ear, eye, but they're all part of the same body, have a different function, and yet they all care for each other. And it's a really great model, honestly, when there is different and uh, distinction, and yet somehow we can still be together. This is a relational principle, I think, He's speaking to not just a church ministry problem, but a relationship problem. I would argue any institution, organization, or nation comes down to its relationships, right? So this is a relational answer he's giving that, listen, we all may be different, have different functions, have different parts, but we should all be supporting each other within the body, okay? Uh, he also talks about that God has actually appointed people. Now, this is in verse uh, 28 of chapter 12. The God has appointed people for certain purposes to the body. He's acknowledging the difference, and in a way he's acknowledging it and yet not elevating it to create arrogance or some kind of sense of supremacy or some kind of sense of pride. He's not doing that here. He just spent the first 12, 11 chapters uh, talking about unity and talking about focus on the gospel and like our surrender of our rights, you know, and our, our, our things that are just beneficial for us, that considering the community. And he's saying that God has appointed people for certain purposes in the body. In verse uh, 28, talks about apostles and prophets and teachers and workers of miracles and gifts of healing. It's pretty incredible just as he's informing them of this, that there are different people that God has sent. God is doing this here. Uh, and I want to uh, remind you that uh, we should probably take a look at ourselves and say, well, what's my part, you know, in the body, okay? Uh, what is my purpose? Uh, what is maybe my, my part? I don't want you to get caught up on trying to force yourself into this list, okay? I don't think this is an exhaustive list. I think this is kind of an example for Paul uh, that he's trying to kind of flesh out a little bit. Uh, what is your specific gift? Many of you may feel like you're not talented. Um, I'll join you in that, okay? Uh, I remember being in church and I don't think, man, I don't sing, I don't do, how can I do these things, right? Well, you just got to find your part and God will help you find your, and discover your purpose, okay? Uh, so those are kind of the things that he's informing them of. Okay, I'm going to go over this again. He's just informing them. There's different gifts. I'm kind of giving you a foundation here to kind of say some other things here in a second. Um, he He's talking about the connection of the body in different parts and that, he, that God has appointed people for a certain purpose. Okay, so there's an instruction piece here. This is the guidance piece. Um, Paul is an apostle, but doing some pastoral work here as well, kind of guiding the church. Um, and in uh, verse 30, uh, I didn't read that, but in verse 30 of chapter 12, and then also in verse 14, uh, there's this um, instruction here for them. So he takes what's happening, okay, he acknowledges these things that's happening, he's informing them, and then he's guiding them to desire spiritual gifts. Okay. So I want you to pause for a second. Have you ever desired a spiritual gift? Uh, we've desired physical gifts, you and I have, right? Uh, we've desired relational gifts, right? Uh, we've desired these different things in this world, what our eyes see, you know, we want. Have you desired spiritual gifts? Um, you know, the word earlier I said of gifts uh, is this word, the Greek word for grace. Interesting. A gift is not something that this person deserved, but God gives it out of his grace, his abundant grace in his nature. He gifts them with something that's connected to his spirit. This is incredible. I mean, like, I love this kind of thing, this concept of like God out of his grace, giving a spiritual connected to Numa, the spirit connected to God. And this is a powerful thing. Okay. 
desire spiritual gifts. Uh, he does talk about how he kind of he does elevate prophecy in the sense of not that it's better than others uh, in just kind of a vacuum. He doesn't isolate it that way. He's saying it's more beneficial to the body because you can understand it, right? And so as you desire gifts, uh, he's trying to remind the church, listen, you know, you, this is about the body. It's not just about you, okay? So it's better to understand the message. And is and I think also he's saying, you want, you want us to be seeking what God is saying. So in the Old Testament, there is a uh, constant, uh, I would say constant, steady, overarching theme of prophecy, of the prophetic, okay? Now, when I said the word prophecy or prophetic, you're probably thinking of, you know, future telling, like this is going to happen, I give you a prophecy, you know? Um, that is part of the Old Testament understanding of prophecy is forward telling, foretelling, okay? Like this is gonna be, this is gonna happen. But a lesser understood concept, aspect of prophecy is forth telling so it's not just telling what's going to happen but it is through the spirit saying what is happening it's also telling what they should do it's not just a future thing event that's going to happen but it's in the old testament the prophet saying hey repent okay that's a prophetic word to repent to turn from your sin in your ways to turn to god and what he desires okay that's not forward telling. It's not like future event prediction that's going to happen. It's just speaking what God's saying right now. And God's saying right now is to repent. It's forth telling. So it's both aspects, okay? And so he's encouraging the church, instructing them, listen, you want to hear what God's saying, okay? Uh, it's not just to put on a show or an event. You, you want to hear what God is saying, okay? And then uh, he's also instructing them uh, that the uh, purpose to guide them here the purpose of spiritual gifts is to build the body up okay uh, the word edify there is a churchy word that i think we use i never use that in any of the contexts of uh, but i use the word build the word uh, edify there is build like in construction to build a house okay the purpose of spiritual gifts is to build up the body it's not for your own glory it's your not for your own pride it's uh, it, it, it is for building up edifying encouraging building up the body, the common good. And I like this pairing, uh, not just because it's scriptural, but I like this pairing because it keeps us in check. That spiritual gifts are for the body. There's a purpose behind them. And God is kind of behind this purpose. And he's kind of interrupting life as we know it uh, in the natural so that something powerful and uh, there's an aspect of uh, of, of power here, like, like this is the divine that God is doing. And that in the body, in the gathering, he gives spiritual gifts to build the body up, okay? And that's a part of this, okay? And then lastly, uh, kind of towards the end of, verse, of chapter 14, he talks about early worship. And uh, we, uh, and it's important too that there's an instruction here from Paul the pastor kind of guiding them, that aspect. Uh, that the order in the gathering has a uh, has a purpose, okay? And I and I know this is kind of a maybe seems like not that big of an issue, but in a church that he's writing to, this very divided internally and externally, that kind of guidance is here that it has a purpose, okay? So a couple of things to inspire you by uh, that he's talking about is first and foremost, I just want to I want you to receive this this morning. The God desires to give you gifts. 
Okay. You don't have to earn it. Uh, you don't have to like cut deals with him on it. God desires to give you a spiritual gift. I mean, this is this is what Paul's saying. I don't know what that gift is. I don't know when it happens. I don't know all those things. But here's what I do know. God desires to give you a gift. He desires to give you a spiritual gift, okay? Second here is that God is at work in this world through you. The powerful, sovereign, all-knowing, mysterious, some say wild God that we serve is at work in you, in the world through you. He's at work in our community. Now we are uh, spread across homes right now, or later if you're watching this in your car, or break from work or something like that. Listen, we're spread out, but I'm telling you, uh, as I bring you on and bring you together, as you heard Devonshire a little bit earlier, as Nathan sings, as we have people talk and pray, listen, God is at work in a powerful spiritual way. We're talking about God here. This is not just production. This is a man's wisdom. This isn't just our talent. This is spiritual. This is the work of God through you. Okay. God is at work. Now, this is really important for the Corinthian church because they don't have the Bible as we know it. Maybe you just rely on that. But listen, for them, they needed to see God. They needed the reminder that he's here, that he's always here. He's at work. God is doing something powerful. And then lastly, this is just a good reminder that God is not limited by the misuse of his gifts. Um, listen, we're all human. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to hurt people. This is part of it. Listen, our God's not limited by this, okay? God's still at work. You can't turn God off. Okay, he is at work. He's sovereign. He's on the throne. He's not limited by the misuse of the gifts that he gives you. Okay, um, so I'm going to tell you real quick my story here um, in my own experience. So I, I recognize that this these chapters talk about this concept of tongues. Okay, we see uh, uh, in the book of Acts, starting in Acts chapter two, we see this experience of tongues happening. Uh, what happens? The spirit comes out in an incredible way. Uh, and these people uh, speak languages that they had not known or don't know. Uh, in, in Acts, they speak known languages to other people around them. The other people can interpret what they're saying. And it is an incredible wonder and mystery that causes them to say, oh, God, that's what's happening here. Right after in Acts 2, when they're filled with the spirit and there's tongues happening and it seems a kind of a, an amazing scene uh, Paul, uh peter speaks he preaches he says something uh and thousands get saved okay we see this in acts paul talks about this in other places as well and Corinthians is talking about it uh in verse 18 of chapter 14 he says i thank god that i speak in tongues more than all of you he, he, this is a part of his life he does this and um this oftentimes is referred to the baptism of the holy spirit now, there are different views on this. Um, first of all, the difference between this being a specific gift at a certain uh, setting like the church or outside the church kind of all the time. Another part of this is, is this actually for today or is it just for back then because they needed it in some way and we don't do that anymore. That's not really true. Some people believe that. Another part of this is, is the baptism and the filling of the Holy Spirit, does that have to involve some kind of speech or tongues? Is that a part of this? Okay, so there's different views on this. I would encourage you to kind of do your own homework and stuff on that, but I want to tell you my experience, okay? So I wasn't raised in church. Many of you know that. 
and just last night, you know, like I told you, I was looking at my first prayer journal. And uh, it was, um, I remember, I wrote this down in September. Uh, it was 1997. Uh, no, 1996. No, 1997. September 1997. I wrote in my journal all the things I'm praying for, people I was praying for. And I wrote in my prayer journal in September 1997. I wrote in, pray for, I'm praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't come from a church world. I don't know any of these things. Um, I was in church for a few months at that point. I'd heard about this, but also I was instructed to read scripture and ask God for whatever is in scripture. That's just how I was instructed, okay? So I read the book of Acts. I read this and I'm like, well, I want this. I mean, like, I don't know, but I don't know any, I don't know any better not to want it, okay? So I read scripture and I want this, okay? So from September uh, 1997, I prayed for this until uh, this experience happened for me in July, 1998. So I had this in my journal. I pray this in September, <laughs> 1997. I'm praying this secretly. Never asked anybody to pray for this, but I should pray this secretly. It's me and God, I'm praying this for months. And then nine months later, I had this experience happen to me. And I just wanna show my cards and tell you this morning that I don't know if I would believe as much in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with this concept of speaking in tongues if I had not had this experience. I just wanna be honest with you about that. I am, I can't be an objective person. I'm a subjective person and that's okay. Um, this is my experience that I had. I had prayed about this for literally months. And uh, when it happened for me, this, is, this, this experience, uh, which is to me a secondary experience and when I became a follower of Jesus, okay, there's some argument there. For me, again, it's my experience, it was a secondary thing. Uh, so in July, this is the end of July, uh, I was in my home alone. Uh, and, you know, being a part of a family, it's a rare part to, rare chance to be alone. So I'm in my home alone. Uh, it was probably a Friday or Saturday. And I'm in my home alone and I'm just walking my home praying. My favorite thing to do was pray. I know that 15, 16 or 17 year old kids, there's a lot of other things I love to do. But for me, prayer is my favorite thing to do. And so I pray and pray and pray. I would spend hours in prayer. And I'll come home from school. I just want to pray, you know, be with Jesus. And so I'm walking around my house and I'm alone and I'm just praying. I'm praying for the things God has in my heart. I'm praying for people. I'm just talking to him. And I remember I was walking from kind of making this whole path in my house. You know, we had a small house. I'm going to make this whole path in my house. And I'm walking out of one room into the hallway. And I just remember at that moment, uh, these words coming out of my mouth that I did not understand. Okay. Don't understand these words coming out of my mouth. And I felt something, uh, it's just something, a feeling thing to me as well. And I, uh, began to pray in tongues to pray in a language I did not know and did not understand. Okay. Since that experience by myself in my house in July, 1998, uh, up until today, um, I have prayed in tongues. Uh, this is something that I do in my private life. I'm not a very showy person. Uh, this isn't something I try to brag about or anything. There's no none of that there for me. This is a part of my spiritual journey. 
an experience that I had. Uh, and this is a part of my life. Uh, the second thing about that is uh, I have a master's degree, uh, study scripture, and the focus of my master's divinity is in pneumatology, which is the study of the Holy Spirit in scripture. So I've studied the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. You can ask me about that later. Uh, I've studied the Spirit in the New Testament. Uh, again, my primary academic focus uh, when I was in seminary, as I began to pray about what my focus should be, I wanted to know this answer, not the answer, but I wanted to know a biblical view of this experience that I had. Sometimes that goes back and forth, but for me, I wanted to understand this experience I had. And so I have a biblical view. Others have a different view. You may have a different view than me. In my experience and in my understanding as I read through scripture, I do believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, tongues, or the gift of tongues that Paul is talking about specifically in a setting, that this is still for today because I've experienced it. There are millions of people around the world that have. Uh, there's scores of books written on the history of this. Uh, I see it in scripture as I read through the book of Acts and as I read through Corinthians. Uh, for me, I still believe in all the gifts. Uh, there's not the gifts of tongues for me isn't more important than any other. I believe in gifts of healing. I believe in gifts of administration. I believe in these different gifts. I believe in spiritual gifts. Okay. This has been a part of my experience, as I just told you. Uh, this has been a part of my study as well. And for me, this is a part of my belief and a part of uh, what I hope to encourage you with in some ways here in a second. Uh, I recognize that practically it's weird. I just say that again, but it's weird, okay? Uh, I remember as a kid when this happened for me, kind of all through my journey, it's kind of weird. Uh, this may not have happened for you, and I get it. Uh, it happened for me, and that's kind of where I'm at. So I want to be clear on that uh, if I haven't been before. Uh, I look at it through my study of Scripture that uh, even through the Old Testament, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, this concept of the Spirit overflowing people is um, always connected to speech. It's always connected to prophecy. That's why prophecy is so important. It's connected to speech. So when Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit, tongues happen, but also what else happens? He gives an incredible sermon and 3,000 people get saved. The filling of the Spirit is connected to speech and it's connected to a mission and a purpose, okay? I am, I, when I pray in tongues, this is an experience for me uh, that is something I do privately. I'm sharing this now because we're going through this study and many probably have questions about this. You can reach out to me later. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, this concept is connected to the mission of God, okay? The concept of being filled with the Holy Spirit is to be empowered for the mission of God. It's to be empowered in a supernatural way to uh, witness to Jesus about Jesus and his kingdom. That's the scriptural narrative of this concept of being filled with the Holy Spirit and this concept of speaking in tongues as an experience. God is doing something in your life that should be connected to his mission. So I know many of you may be asking, you know, well, uh, is this for everybody? Is this for today? Uh, again, here's my experience. Uh, I have a study of scripture backing this. I do believe it's for all people, and I do believe it's for today. But I also recognize that not everybody experiences it, and that's okay for me, okay? Uh, you will never be put in a situation for me or my guidance um, 
where this turns into some of these maybe negative experience you've experienced with this kind of uh, these kind of spiritual gifts. Uh, it's not forcing anybody. It's just, uh, you know, you don't feel bad about it. You're not less than or anything like that. It's just something that God does. And that's my belief. As we've gone through Corinthians, you and I probably have some different beliefs and that's okay. We're part of one body. Uh, we want to have different voices. And if you've never had that experience, okay. But here's my guidance to you and reading this as from my prayer journal years ago. Uh, there's just a couple of good guidances here that I want to leave you with this morning. Uh, first of all, it's just to seek the giver. You know, uh, you should be seeking Jesus all the time. Uh, this is what your life really is. Just seek God. Whatever he has for you. I want you to know your purpose, like in verse 28 of chapter 12. Maybe you're appointed in some way to be an apostle or a prophet or teacher, gifts of healing, whatever it is, okay? I want you to know that. Seek the giver. Uh, he will reflect and teach you uh, these different things. Just seek him. And I would tell you right now, if you disagree with me on some of these beliefs or you agree with me, it doesn't matter. Seek Jesus. You can have your own walk with God. You don't need mine. Seek him. Uh, and uh, for me, when I wrote in my prayer journal, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I wasn't just praying for that thing. What I was praying for is I want whatever I see in scripture. I want all of God. I prayed this, I mean, oh man, a billion times. God, I want all of you. God, I want all of you. God, I want all of you. I prayed that a billion times. Okay. That seems silly and impractical, but I pray that God, I want all of you. And whatever you have for me, I want God. And so seek the giver. Secondly, is just be open. You should be open. This is an attitude. Okay. You should be open. And God will challenge you like crazy. Uh, whether it's about this or that or whatever, God will challenge you. Be open, okay? If you never get to a wall, you'll never need to see God more, right? You got to get to the end of yourselves to experience more of God. Just be open. Whatever it is, just be open. And I will pray for you as you consider this scripture and Paul talks about tongues and whatever take, wherever you land on that, you just be open, Okay. I wasn't in this massive church service. I wasn't being guided by anybody. I was alone in my house on a prayer walk in my house. And this experience happened for me. And obviously now that's part of my theology. Okay. But be open. Okay. Secondly, I want to encourage you just to make some space. Uh, you know, earlier when I talked about uh, Paul saying, you know, desire spiritual gifts. Have you ever done that? Have you ever just gotten alone with God and be like, God, Listen, I pray for financial gifts, don't you? You know, I pray for this gifts. I pray for all these material things. I pray for all these things to happen in my life so I can have my perfect white picket fits life. You know, you know, all these things we pray for. How many just make some space and ask for spiritual gifts? What's wrong with that? Actually, that's what, God, what Paul is instructing, guiding us to do. Make space. Maybe this needs to be part of your prayer journal like it was mine. Maybe you need to just have, um, take a pause from, you know, the wish list you ask God for and all these material things, but just say, God, I, I pray for a spiritual gift. This is what your guidance is. Let's see this happen. God, I want this. I, I don't want this for me. I want this because I love you. And I want this because this is a part of you working through people and in the body. And if you love God, you're going to love people. That's kind of the connection there. Okay. Uh, make some space. Uh, to seek Jesus, to be just really open 
and just pray and ask for baptism of the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts, whatever it may be in that moment. Just ask God. I prayed for nine months, and then, which isn't that long, to, honestly, but I prayed for nine months because I just saw this in Scripture. That's it. Nobody's in my ear. Nobody really instructed me to do this. I heard some sermons about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but in my uh, uh, daily reading of Scripture, when I came across tongues, and this baptism, this experience, this thing happening through Acts, this is in, in 1 Corinthians you know, 12 and 14, I just want whatever I see in Scripture, okay? And obviously God's developed some of that theology for me, you know, with my study, but just make some space for God, okay? Uh, I want to also make myself available to you if you have any questions in regards to my beliefs or experiences. Um, you know, uh, I am a part of, you know, the Sons of God who believes this experience. Uh, my training is in this, you know, like I said, my education. Uh, this is a part of my life, you know, because I just see it in Scripture and I just want to follow God. And I've had this experience. And so uh, this for me has been connected to me being a witness and empowering and empowered to serve him. And so I'm going to pray before we turn it back over to Nathan for his closing worship. Uh, I just want to pray today that uh, you would seek the giver, that you'd be open, and that you would make space in your own life. And uh, I'm also going to pray today that whatever gift God has for you, that you would be receive it today. Father, today I thank you for your spiritual gifts. I thank you that, you know, I believe you're still at work today. Uh, I believe that you're still doing incredible things. I believe that uh, you are on the throne, Lord. And so I pray today, Lord, for those that um, would just create some space to desire you, to seek you, and would receive whatever gift you want to give. Father, I do pray for people today because I believe this, that they would receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They would feel, they would experience this incredible experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit and this experience of praying in tongues, Lord. And I also pray for whatever other spiritual gift that that is theirs that I don't have, that, Lord, that they would receive that. Lord, I pray our church would earnestly seek you and your work in our community, and that, Lord, we would just be open to however you want to guide us, lead us, and however you would desire to empower us to be a witness for you in our families, uh, in our workplaces, uh, in our neighborhoods, in our city, Lord. We pray we would be your empowered witness and share you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.